Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Jay Rose. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Jay Rose Experience Season 2. That's right. And guess what? We are bringing you some ATL gems. That's right. We packed our bags and we hit the road so we could come down here to Atlanta, Georgia and meet with some amazing poets and creatives out here. So in today's episode, I sat with two phenomenal poets. I sat with Mama the Creator and Chichi Iwore and we talked about what's it like to move from another state into Atlanta as a poet. We touched on some personal moments, some things that really impacted their creativity. And we also played with some truths and lies during our off the top segment of the show. And that's the part where we pick a randomly selected game and we have fun. So stick around, stay tuned because we have talk, we have performances and we got plenty of laughs coming right to you guys. Keep growing, you already know. Today's episode has been sponsored by our friends over at A Slice of Glitter. They sent us some bomb ass cupcakes. I can't wait to devour them. Um, but I'm super excited to introduce you to today's first guest. She is a poet, she's a creator, she's a host, she's an entrepreneur. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. She's an Atlanta based poet by way of Can Khaki. Illinois, I said it right. <laughs> Please give a warm welcome to Mother the Creator. <laughs> yes, welcome, girl. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. So um, here. I found you on IG, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow, this woman is absolutely phenomenal!" Like your poetry, just your whole energy, your hosting is just—it's just amazing. Thank you. Um, in your bio you mentioned uh, that you were invited to perform on deaf poetry when you were young, younger, because you're very young right now. I was 17. 17 years old. 17. And you kind of didn't jump on the opportunity. Can we talk about that, though? Um, yeah, yeah. I actually got offered a lot of opportunities yes. uh, around the time. Um, but I was, I was afraid, you know what I mean? I yeah. was scared to pick up the phone and make the phone call. Like mm. my anxiety, I was trapped in my anxiety. And by the time I called, they were like, oh, we just finished, uh, the season. And I was like, oh, like, you know what yeah. I mean? And I didn't, I, it was, that was it. So what were the things that you were struggling that made you so anxious about taking that leap? Um, okay. A couple of things. My poetry came out potent. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when, when the first time that, that I began to like really let things out mm -hmm. um, and it came out strong. It came out stronger than I actually understood. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I had to grow into my gift, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when people were like, oh, that was dope. I was like, hmm, was it? Was it? <laughs> it was like, um, it was like my first, I, I'm a, I don't think I'm, I might be a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So nothing is ever uh, great to me it's mm -hmm. just it's just okay 
Really? So when somebody's like, oh, no, that was brilliant. It's like, okay. You have more. And, and in my head, it's like all this stuff I would have done different. All these <laughs> things I would have, like, I, I'm constantly editing. Yeah. Uh, and tweaking in my head. So I didn't believe my dope. Mm. I didn't believe my dope. And it wasn't just I didn't believe my dope. Um, I had this thing where um, I got invited to to do, I don't know if you know who Do or Die is. Mm. You know who Do or Die is? Do or Die? Do or Die is a group out of Chicago. Um, they used to, to, to rock with Twista. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, Pope Pimpin'. Do you want to ride? Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. So I got invited uh, to do to do an intro on Do or Die's album with the first poem I wrote. Wow. And again, I was scared. I, I thought that uh, Brother Bilo was just getting fresh with me. Like oh. he just, you know what I mean? I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that I was that dope. Yeah, you I didn't think it was that, like legit business. Yeah, you thought they I was thought just trying just, to play you close. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I missed that opportunity as well. Do you feel that, you know, when was it that you actually shifted that narrative for yourself? Mm. Recently. Recently? Recently. What? Um, it took, it took a, a failed marriage. It took um, me really having to, like, examine myself. And I don't know if, like, um, anybody that's ever dealt with a, a failed marriage or a divorce or something it makes you look at yourself differently mm -hmm. it's like it holds up a a mirror to you and every flaw within you you will have to self-examine now you got to do a self-inventory a yes. self-check um and I discovered within that how little I loved myself what and how much of a reflection uh his love or lack of love for me was a more so a reflection of myself Mm. How little I had been loving myself, how little I had been appreciating myself, yeah. how little I had been um, understanding and, and really rocking with myself. Yeah, you know but it makes I mean? sense. You would let someone that doesn't love you as much still be in your life mm -hmm. if you don't love yourself as much. Right. So, um, and, and, I, and I think that's with all relationships. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't really understand. And then also, um, I, I guess, really understanding, I... I didn't grow up in the most healthy yeah, uh, environment. environment. Mm -hmm. So as a result, emotionally, I was unhealthy. Mm. Uh, mentally, I was unhealthy. I was bad for myself. Um, I self-sabotaged. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so really, even even the, the situation with Russell Simmons was self-sabotagery at its finest. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like, it was just a matter of me uh, procrastinating, putting it off, putting it off, putting yeah. it off. Um, and that's that self-sabotage. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It's, it's a, a symptom of lack of love, lack of self-care. Um, and that's, yeah, so after after that, um, I started to really, like, I'm getting somebody that's constantly telling me how worthless I am. Yeah. How, you know what I mean? You started and, to believe it. And I, I did. I started yeah. to believe that, like, well, my character's flawed. People don't like me. Um, yeah. It's, it's me. It's, it's always me. Um, and after I separated from that, uh, situation mm -hmm. um I had no choice but to love myself <laughs> I didn't know self-care was a thing yeah I didn't know I didn't know that self-love was a thing I just yeah. um I was just going you know what I mean yeah and I'm a mom of four what um, you got four kids I got four little people oh my gosh like, I got four little people um jeez is is something be and I have I have three girls and one boy oh my gosh and they watch so close of course you know what I mean they watch so close um, but 
in 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 stepping away from the environment, I began to see how unhealthy I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to myself, for myself. How did your kids handle, you know, you moving on? Um, we are still growing yeah. through that phase. Okay. Um, but one thing that I know that they appreciate is that mommy's happy. Yes. Like, mommy, Mommy's present. Yes. You know what I mean? Because it's something, uh, parenting through depression. Mm. You know what I mean? That's I think that's one of the 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 hardest things in the world is parents. How were you able depression. to do that? Like, because they notice, they can see that you're. I wasn't sad. I wasn't, and it's funny because it was very much so a reflection of what I had grown up with. Mm. Like, and it, it took me to to be a mother to understand <laughs> what my mother was going through, what I was seeing. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, um, and it's funny because I talked to a lot of people who who reflect on their 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 time as young people and well my mom was always in her room yeah. me too my mom was always in her room my mom was always in her room yeah and you begin to kind of put the links together and you start to put the pieces together and you start to look at the relationships how you mm. deal with people how you manage this how you manage that and it dawned on me my mom was mothering through depression yeah so it 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 kept her from being present yeah so to be mentally present with your chill, first of all, you, it's a requirement that you're mentally present. <sighs> That's probably children. one of the hardest things, I think, it as is. a parent. I'm a mom, too, and there's times that I'm so focused on, like, preparing for all my projects and all this that I'm I'm not present, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, for me, it, it's the presence more than anything. I'm, I'm relearning how to be present with them, how to be there for them, how to um, give my all when I don't have it to give myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that has been the biggest uh, lesson yeah. in it all, is learning how to parent through depression and forgiving my mother uh, for those things that I lacked yeah. because uh, she was giving me the best she had. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's really all, all that a lot of it is, is our parents are doing and giving us the best that they, they know how to give. Mm -hmm. um, and the reality is sometimes it's not enough. <laughs> That's you know so what I mean? True. And you, you have to forgive them for being human. You yeah. got to forgive them for their, their human nature. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, they are human just like us. And my, my little people um, <laughs> constantly uh, affirm me. Yeah. You know what I mean? My daughter is 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 there to pick me up, to lift me up, to send me messages. Like, yeah. I hope you have a great day. She's 11. Aww. Um, My oldest. And she sent, like yesterday, she sent me a message to just... And I had to send her one back. And I was explaining to her, I wish... I knew your love language more so that I could speak it more fluently to yeah. you because you hit me every time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she speaks mine directly to me. Yeah. But I'm still learning how to speak hers. Hers. You well, know? she's also learning hers as well. She she's kind of young. It's fun. That's what she said. That's exactly <laughs> Yo, what she, she said. is smart. She, like, she is. Like, yes. She, she, um, man, she makes me better. She's 11 reading on like a 12th grade reading level. Look at her. You know what I mean? Like that's something to be proud of as a mother. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I have like a weird question for you um, because, you know, you dress fly as hell. So I want to know what is your favorite pair of shoes to perform in? Mm. I love shoes. Yeah, I didn't know by now. I think uh, these are. Those are hot. These are. Because <laughs> these, I've, I've, I've worked in them. I've gotten so many miles. Like, and I, I went, uh, when, we, when I first moved down here, like it was a struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. To um, 
it, it was it was a struggle. Um, man, I'm super transparent on. <laughs> um, fun fact, I I um, man, I'm about to go there. Is yes. that okay? Go there. Let's go. Right. So <laughs> when I first moved to Atlanta, um, I would go to a path found Apache probably a year and a half. I heard about that place. Instantly. I heard you had to be good to go there or else you, they throw tomatoes at you or no. something. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> no, it was just, it was one of the only rooms that you can go to where they are here for poetry. Yeah. That's what they're here for. They're here for poetry and they're here and it's a different audience every yeah. time you go. It's never the same room. You know yeah, what I mean? That's and it's, it's like an oasis yeah. in the desert, so to speak. You know what I mean? So I had found Apache or Apache found me. I don't know which one happened or how it happened. But at the time, I was actually uh, experiencing a touch of homelessness mm. with my babies. You know what I yeah. mean? And it was funny because, um, like, these these pants, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are old. These yeah. rips were accidental. They just happened. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a thing. And so I, you're trendy. <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm, I'm trendy. And again, I think that's a part of the gift. Um, Georgia Me taught me that as a poet, it's not just uh, the words that you say. It's yeah. how you walk. It's how you talk. It's how you interact. It's how you deal with your children. It's how you put your clothes on. It's Absolutely. how you season your food. You know what I mean? It's everything. And I didn't appreciate that at first. And then I began to understand, like, I'm at my lowest. My mm -hmm. lowest, lowest. I don't have anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people think I'm fly. Yeah. This, this kiss shirt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's so you just gotta it's, put it together. It's how you, it's how you put yeah. it together. You know what I mean? I can go to a thrift store, yeah, and, and spend five minutes in there, and I'm gonna walk out. And people gonna be like, "Where you get that from?" Yeah, thrift store, Goodwill. Yeah, me too. <laughs> people <laughs> always. But yeah, about these shoes. Um, for a long time, these were about the only pair of shoes I had. Wow. And like, yeah. So these those are these became hell. my favorites, <laughs> and they don't look old or beat up at all. So you take care of your stuff. Good shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're a dope poet right i mean i know this already and obviously russell simmons knows this already because they invited if me. he remembers me russell remember right. her um I'm sorry, I didn't but i want the audience to know what a dope poet you are so i know you got some poetry for us i do you gonna share with I us do. i'm i'm in between two in my head right okay now. so she's trying to choose i know all right so we'll be right back with a performance with mother the creator <laughs> I am what America's made. I gotta say hold to all the soldiers out there that still ain't getting paid. For the PTSD that they done gifted to we. You know, ain't nobody tell us that that was a part of the all you can be. Nobody told us that the American dream would come with some depression and a need to feed an obsession that turns into greed. They also didn't tell us it'd come at the price of our seeds. 14 hours away a day on your feet and you still ain't got enough to make them ends meet. You know, I bet they probably didn't tell you that your house wasn't going to be worth shit. Because you bought it on that street where the red line speaks louder than the blood that seeps from underneath the sheet of that example they made of that brown boy's body. You probably thinking your aggression is just coming from your stressing. You got to lessen your trust in the system. You got to question the role of who's actually pushing this poison, y'all. Medicine is in our water. And child support owns our fathers. And our daughters are the closest thing that we got to help. So early on, she is trained to lighten the strain of the weight of the pressure on mommy's chest. And it ain't because daddy left because mentally that brother's always been gone. And she's always been strong. But it ain't no black superwoman over here. No. 
Just a woman running from the fear of breaking, not like Turbo and Ozone, but more like Kanye after Donda was gone. Or like how welfare did our homes, broken like that, ransacked, broken like lack, broken like backs, broken like crack, broken like black and blue ribs to remind her from where she came. Although I've never seen a man endure the pain of birthing a woman, Mr. Pastor, especially not in no relationship. Hell, most men can't even handle a little lip from a mouthy woman, let alone a period of postpartum. Y'all gotta pardon my diction. My intuition has me tripping and rejecting this bullshit system and the mindsets that go with it, you know? Toxic masculinity has a direct link to white supremacy. With black toxic femininity propping up that bullshit, hey, friend. So forgive me, propaganda's got me full shit. I'm trying to hold down at this point everything I've been force-fed my whole life, learning how to be a whole wife when all I've ever been trained to do is be a victim. And the truth, I always spit it, but if it don't convict them, then what good does it do? What hoods have you grew? See the things that we never knew? Like, who in this world is you? No, really, y'all, like, who in this world is you? You know, I once told a brother I was God. He looked at me crazy like I was odd. He say, girl, you got some nerve thinking you can talk like that. He say, don't you know we's black? He didn't really say it like that. That's just how I felt like he felt on the inside when he said that slave shit to me. I said, nigga. <laughs> Don't you know we under attack? I say, but bro, why you think it's been like that though, huh? You still thinking it's something that we lack, huh, Henrietta? The devil's foot been on our backs. Perhaps because all along they knew the power of our songs. And they knew the power of our psalms. And they knew the power of these palms, y'all. We built this place. Then we're told we can't participate. They took a head start. Then they trying to let us in the race, but they still try to convince us that we're the inferior race when the truth is it's only a human race. And well, we got all the hue. Now let us trace our lineage in this country. We didn't all get off slave ships. As Moana discovered, we were explorers, cultivating an entire civilization just like we did in Egypt free trip down memory lane. Keep looking at me like I'm insane. See, that bullshit we've been believing is what's really strange. You know Jesus wasn't a Christian, but he was absolutely a slave ship. We waste time putting blame on each other instead of utilizing our lane, but you gotta understand that was a part of the game. Slavery was about making us inhumane so they could justify mistreatment. And I will testify all the reasons. But see, I need protection in this season. When a queen speaks pain, she just be needing a king that can step up and add a little seasoning to the truth that she be sprinkling so that the enemy don't be thinking she ain't got nobody behind her that's ready for war. Pull. From the brand that redefines the chivalrous style of today's gents comes their exclusive Key to the City collection. I'm super hyped about this collection because no matter where we go with the j Rose experience, no matter what city we're in, I'm going to be able to rep for New York and people are going to know where I'm from. Hit up Gent and Scholar to rep for your city, including keys to Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, Philly, St. Louis, and of course, New York. So head over to jenandscholarcode.com and use the discount code JROSE10 for 10% off your purchase of $50 or more. Keep growing.
Welcome back to the J Rose Experience. I'm your host, J Rose, but you already know that. I'm here with the next guest for today. She is a poet, a writer, an entrepreneur, a host, a producer. She does a bunch of amazing things. And we actually both co-produced a really dope showcase, ATL versus NYC. Um, look out for the next installment. But without further ado, please welcome my next guest, Chi Chi Iwarie. Yay. <laughs> Yay! I said it she right. She killed it on that last name. She did. She did. So. I practiced. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm so happy to finally meet you. You know, you and I connected um, through social media. Yeah. And, you know, we, we co-produced the showcase back in around Memorial Day. And um, it was phenomenal. And I never thought that we would get to meet in person so soon. I thought, like, oh, I'll come down to ATL eventually. We'll have brunch. Um, but no, here we are, less than two, three months later, um, and we're meeting. So I'm really grateful to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me. I feel honored. Oh, please. I'm so awkward. I'm just like, ah! oh, my God. Oh, um, this is good. Yes. I want to know what brought you to ATL because you're originally from Houston. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of far. So, like, how did you end up over here? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I wanted to run away. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, that's pretty much what it was. Uh, so, my parents, you know, they're Nigerian. I love them. And in Houston, you know, it's like kind of, you know how there's a Chinatown? Yes. You know, Nigeria kind of has their own town in Houston. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's dope. I loved it. But also, you know, I've lived in Houston my whole life. And, you know, when I left and I graduated college, I just felt that I felt trapped. You know, I felt like I needed to learn something that I didn't know. And uh, um, Atlanta was kind of like that place that I felt like I needed to learn more of the African-American side of me. Gotcha. And uh, that was a space that I was not aware of. Um, and Atlanta, I felt, had that rich culture. Because mm. there were African-Americans in Houston, but it wasn't historical like Atlanta. Yeah. And so I felt like I needed to go there and touch base and find that side of me. You so know? you came out here, you know, clothes on your back. And uh, by yourself? Well, yeah, by myself. Um, How did know. your family take that? Because I know Nigerians <laughs> are very about, like, family and being together and all of that. So how were they able to, like, accept you just picking up and leaving? Well, they didn't at first. Yeah. Uh, they said that I needed to get a job <laughs> if I wanted to go. And um, so that's exactly what I did, you know. Uh, I got my interviews and, you know, hustled to get a job. And so luckily I did, you know, and I got a job that would help me get here. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it, I wasn't learning though. Yeah. Like it was something that was still missing because what happened was I was so focused on following the the rules that were given for my parents yeah. that I forgot the other intentions of me coming here. Yeah. And so when I finally woke up, which was kind of, you know, due to a lot of life situations that mm -hmm. was happening. Then it was like, that's when it started. The yeah. whole poetry came back up, like the whole creative side of me came back up. And it was just like, kind of one of those things where you don't have anything. You just have to like dive deep inside with what you do have. Yeah. You know? And so, 
That's kind of so you've always had like poetry and being creative and being a writer. That's always been in you. Mm-hmm. I just never expressed it. Really? I didn't know how it in my family? Like you know we we don't do those sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So always Poetry's felt, not like a big thing, right? So I always felt kind of like so you know weird about doing certain yeah. things. So the only thing that would save me, I guess, would be just going into my room and just my notebook was like my best friend yeah and so I would always like write in there and 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 after that that was pretty much it I never really explored the the creative side of me because I just felt like it wasn't going to be accepted you know being an artist is just like what is that yeah like how are you gonna live right like what (laughs) older people look at you and you're like they're like what's wrong with you go be an electrician or a nurse or something yeah so i was just like man i can't do this whatever (laughs) so it's like i didn't believe in myself yeah pretty much and i was just trying to live for them yeah in a sense so so was poetic vibes atl um was that your way of i'm living for me uh yeah tell me about poetic <laughs> vibes it's a platform right yeah tell me about it how did you start it what 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 is it about give me the scoop um so kind of when i came back to the poetry scene i had to learn because i was so out of the loop like the <laughs> last time that i wrote poetry was literally in eighth grade class <laughs> it was like Maya Angelou and all that type of stuff and so when I came back I was like okay what is happening what am I doing <laughs> so Mr. On? Fun um Daryl who's amazing here in Atlanta I went to his workshop and he kind of like trained me a bit of like how to um, write better and um you know kind of like the newer version of poetry yeah yeah you know, like engage the audience and use your story you know, to put it in, like, you know, poetic so form. So, when you went back into poetry, did you have intentions to perform it as well? Or were you just like, I'm going to start writing? Well, it was <laughs> weird because, like, it, the writing was always there. You know, yeah. I had all those journals. It's just the then the, when the performance came, I remember I came to this workshop and I was like, I did one of my poems. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was a confession poem. Uh-huh. And I went up there. He was like, okay, I want you to get in front and I want you to perform as if like there's an audience. And I was like, okay. So I got up there and I was like, let me try to be confident. Like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I got up there and I was like, <clears throat> and I just went on with this poem. And he looked at me and he was like, okay. And he just waited until I was done, right? After I was done, he was like, that wasn't good. And I was <laughs> oh like, oh my God. I was like, ouch. And I really felt like I was a shit. You know, yeah. I was trying to be confident. He was like, drop the mic. All right. And he was just like, what are you trying to tell us? Like, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I suck. Did you like speed through it? Was that what? No, it's just that my, my writing wasn't that great. <laughs> oh my God. It wasn't, it's, I still needed work on it. What an eye opener. Yeah. How did you so. take that criticism? I was kind of sad at first because yeah. I was like, dang, I really thought I was good at this. And I guess it was because I was so out of, like, I never touched base with it since eighth grade. Yeah. I needed a real refresher. But, you know, it was kind of intimidating because it was just like, well, damn, you know, I 
I, I went back to the whole, I don't believe in myself anymore. Uh, like, just drop it and just go away. This ain't for me. Yeah, and so, you know, just doing that back and forth and, ha like, challenging myself. Like, no, just, you know, work towards it. Yeah. You know, get better. You can get better. Just keep doing it. So then I started getting better at the writing, yeah. right? So I took a step back with the performance because I was like, okay, I'm not going on stage until... <laughs> You know, Until you know you right. what you're writing is legit. <laughs> so that's what happened. And I was like, but I still want to, you know, keep intact, you know, with the poetry community. So that's when the show came up, right? And with the show, it was just like, well, you know, I just want to do this so I can be around, you know, all the poets and all those sorts of things. But then I started doing some research and I noticed and I was like, well, why isn't poetry at the forefront? Mm. You know, and I was like... I felt, you know, when I would tell other people, like, oh, I do poetry, like, oh, that's kind of lame. <laughs> oh, you my know, God. Like, you're a loser, Chi Chi. That's so mean. Or whatever. Well, it's okay. I've been a loser since, like, what, high school? You mean people. It's Look cool. at her now, okay? <laughs> I'm, whatever. I'm average. And so, uh, <laughs> so you know, I was just like, oh, that's lame and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I love poetry. And I was like, I don't want it to be that way yeah you know i don't why, why are people looking at it like that yeah. like, what is it to where we need to grow in this space to where people can look at it like music yeah like, where people can look at it like videos yeah you know um because I, I feel like poetry is the foundation granted you don't have to only do poetry yeah yeah but well, still, very rarely anybody just does poetry right <laughs> you know as artists you have to flex yeah I guess, for you sure know? But still, I just felt like, you know, just like there's the Deaf Poetry Jam. You yeah. Know? And um, that was great. But after that, you know, where did it go? You know, there was nothing after that. And so after, you know, just thinking about all of that and doing all that research, I just felt like, well, I see what you're doing, universe. You throw me out here. Yeah. It's been so many years. I've grown since then and you're like telling me something and it's like I was being so hard-headed yeah because I, I didn't like I said I, I was going back and forth with the belief and it was just like I, I saw it as a challenge like I was like this is hard yeah I was like it's gonna be really hard for me to try to put poetry on the front center stage where everybody can recognize it similar to how they're recognizing other, other forms mm -hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to do it. I was like, I don't want that responsibility. I was like, look at her now. That's too much. And so I walked away, actually. And I, and I, I dropped it. I was just like, I don't want to worry about that. And every time it kept coming back to me, and it was like, you need to be doing this. Yeah. You need to be doing this, Chi Chi. And it was like life circumstances that kept happening for me to listen. And I was like, damn it. You need to listen. <laughs> and then you finally listen. Yeah. So I finally listened. And um, <clears throat> now it's like I'm going hard for it. I love you it. You know, it's, it's. I'm here for all I gotta of it. I got to do it. So yes. that's what's happening. Well, thank you. <laughs> I have to ask you my little weird question um, because I love shoes and we know this now. <laughs> um, what is your favorite pair of shoes to wear when you perform? Uh, Wow. Um, let's see. Some of the performances that I've done, most of them have been like sandals. Sandals? Yeah, like to wear. Comfortable? Yeah, I like to be real comfy. <laughs> I mean, you can already tell. Yes. <laughs> I'm like a free flower. Like, you know, <laughs> let it all out. <laughs> I'm so done. So, uh, sandals. Yeah, yeah, 
I feel you on that. Gotta be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want you to share some of your poetry with us, please. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay, guys. Stay tuned because we'll be right back with a performance from our girl, Chi Chi. <laughs> Love yourself. Be kind to yourself, rub lotion on those ashy elbows, and indulge in the sweet scent of coconut oil against your skin. See, I didn't know what self-love was. I thought it was getting your hair and nails done, wearing your favorite lipstick, mink lashes, and rocking the latest trends in fashion. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but see, I knew that there was more to it, and I caught myself in the midst of all that distraction, so in the meantime, I was covering up the pain. Painting over the surface, allowing only what others could see to validate oneself, except there were a few that could smell the bullshit, see the pain in my eyes, the hurt in my soul, the scars I tried to hide like a reflection of a mirror, they could see my past. And it was clear that the darkness was never let out, never healed, followed me through adulthood, had me looking crazy in a hot damn mess. See, I thought material things equated to self-love. So worried about my physical appearance that I forgot what mattered most. My core, the real me, my true authenticity, my light that brings out the energy, my fire that brings out the heat. I was so stuck in the winter that I forgot that I was a summer baby. Cause I was so busy fighting my truth, playing games like hide and go seek like blues clues. I was looking for a door to open without a key. I had no clue what to do. So one day I decided to spin that record Rewind my life just to get back on track And I didn't think twice about skipping the beat to check in with a therapist Cause I knew that I was far from perfect and I had to respect my process I had to respect my process So okay, I know a lot of y'all are wondering Okay sis, spill the beans, can you tell us how you did it? Well listen, first I surrendered my loss of control Secondly, I increased my faith Third, I graduated from self-destruction, hit that stage and started walking towards change But realistically, yes there are still those days when I don't want to wake up, but I still rise because I'm grounded in myself and I accept my flaws and my mistakes. And now I look at life in a positive way. I mean, life is short anyway. So please take care of yourself. Love yourself. Take yourself out on a date. Catch your breath. Get still. Run you a bubble bath with your favorite essential oil. Rock your favorite t-shirt. No bras. No panties because ain't nobody looking. Relax and feel free because this is you finally giving you some time. You know, putting yourself first, letting go of worries, letting go of judgments and dismissing all that negativity because you are beautiful. You are strong. Your strength can carry you on past the finish line because there is no competition. You're more than enough. You're a full cup of that, fresh cup of that, full cup of that, fresh cup of that, full cup of that, fresh squeezed lemonade on a Saturday morning. You're that full bag of Lay's, you know, when Lay's not being stingy. You're that pounded yam witty goosey. You're jollof rice on a Sunday. Rice and stew Monday through Friday. Fuck a snack, you a whole entree plus dessert. And some may call it being prideful or being selfish. But honestly, self-love is more like self-awareness. And it's reminding yourself every single day that regardless of what others say, that you are damn amazing.
Welcome back to the J Rose Experience. I'm your host, J Rose, and I'm here with both of my guests, Chi Chi and Mother the Creator. And I'm super excited because we're going to talk about new cities. Both of you are from outside of Atlanta, right? You're from Illinois and you're from Texas. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into like, what was it like coming to a new city? What was Atlanta like when you first got here? Mm. I, I was like, I'll let you go. Um, Atlanta was a culture shock. I've never been to a place where like I'm walking down the street and somebody like pulls around and she like, I see you mama. Okay. So there was that part. Um, but then I had I had the the what do you what do you call it? Um I had that infatuation phase, like mm. a lot of people do. Like Atlanta's gonna be so different. Mm. Um and then I quickly got over that. Mm. I got out of that because um Atlanta has its awesome parts, but Atlanta has its dirty gritty parts. Yeah. And I understand how um there are a lot of people that move here, and Atlanta is a place that will either make you or break you. Mm. It's no in between. It's going to make you or it's going to break you. It's going to absolutely show you who you are mm. um, at its at its core because mm. it's it's not easy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm moving to Atlanta. I'm going to be on." Okay. What? Well, what's what was your experience when you first got here? It's kind of along the lines of what Mother was saying um, with, you know, you come over here and you're just thinking that like, okay, this is a new life. I'm about to do all these great things. Um, and that's kind of what it was for me. I was like, all right, well, I'm going in and I'm about to explore everything. So I kind of did that. But I, when I say I explored everything, I guess I didn't really dive deep into Atlanta. I was exploring kind of like the surface stuff, like yeah. going to like the cool clubs you know, the Afrobeat clubs, um, going to like the touristy stuff, Piedmont Park, you know, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, that faded because, I mean, surface life is not great. Yeah. You know, what is that? You know, so all, after all the glitter and glam goes away, you know, then it's the core. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, so what is Elena? You know, that's when the history comes up and that's when... You start diving deep into yourself, you know, kind of like what Mother was saying. Um, either it makes you or it breaks you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, well, what are the things that break you out here? Because I want to know. Not I'm thinking about coming down here and I don't want to be broken. <laughs> not having a car. Oh, that'll quickly destroy the experience. You can't yeah. walk here. Like, these are country miles. Yeah. Um, and I discovered uh, from not having a car for a minute that I think that a lot of, you know how like people say like Atlanta butts? Yeah. Atlanta butts are a thing. It's because of these hills, man. What? Hills? <laughs> I was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The hills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, my body's looking good for a minute. <laughs> that's, that's how you get them nice Atlanta booties. It's because, like, even, like, walking, you can walk through anywhere. Like, outside of this place right here. You see all these hills? <laughs> yes. Walk around the block. You'll get a butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I would have to say uh, it's the people. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it still has like its southern vibe, but mm. it's, it's different from Texas. Mm -hmm. um, really? Very different. I feel like Texas was more conservative. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of knew how to navigate there. But when I came here, you know, it was like a, it was weird. I, yeah. You know, it was like an in between there are yeah. the conservative parts and then there's the, the liberal side yeah. of things. And it was just kind of like, trying to 
exact well not even fit in just I guess more so like respect that type of person Mm -hmm. so that's what I was coming into because I didn't realize that sometimes when I was too conservative to someone who was liberal I would say the wrong things Mm. you know it'll come out wrong and offensive Mm. and you know you you never want to offend anyone yeah and but the thing is I didn't know that I was doing it because I didn't realize the types of people that were here so you know you make your mistakes you learn um and like you don't learn, that's when it breaks you. <laughs> that's when it breaks you, you know, when you don't learn. And then sometimes I totally get it, take some time. And just like Mother was saying with like, you know, the whole homeless thing, that happens it's too. A, yes. That it's happened a lot. too. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that happens that happens Often. a lot. Wow. You know, um, and it's huh, it's not easy. No, it can't uh, be. Especially whenever you're like really strong about what it is that you believe in for yourself that you want to do I feel like that's the hardest part yeah because you want to really just go with the flow so you don't have to worry about like where to live and how to get you know how to get paid and like your checks or whatever yeah you don't want to have to worry about all of that stuff you just get the job and work the nine to five yeah be quiet Go home, you know, mm-hmm. follow directions, whatever. <laughs> and so I was living that life at first, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. You know, that's when you have to tap into the fulfillment. Like, what do you want long term in your life? And I didn't want to do that because I knew what the fuck that was going to look like. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, want that. I don't want anything to do. Like, I was just running away from everything. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, when, you know, when I came to terms with it, that's that's when the whole tornado happened mm. and it's like you have to kind of you have to just keep pushing mm. and that's when you know the make it or break it happens yeah mm-hmm. is there a difference in black culture from like texas and illinois versus black culture in atlanta absolutely what absolutely. are some of those differences um well one like i said like i'd never be walking down the street in illinois and somebody rolls down a window to compliment me another black woman yeah. Rolls down her window to compliment me. Yeah. I, you don't see that a lot. You know? No. Um, you don't see it's cooperative. I, I, I consider it cooperative economics, which means I don't mind spending money with you. Chichi, I know you sell shirts. Let me get one of your shirts, girl. You know what I mean? It's that's it's not the same in like Hanky Key is just outside of Chicago. So I can yeah. I can kinda include Chicago in that conversation. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't you don't get the same level of support. You don't get the same level of uh black people working together. Mm. You know what I mean? In order to like to, to have a vision. Like we may we may come from different sides of the track, but if we have a vision, and and we know where we're going, I see a lot more um, people willing to to go in the same direction. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. As well as you got to consider the the culture and the history yeah. that is here. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like people that like, it's not too many people that you meet from Atlanta in Atlanta. It's yeah. really not. It's mm-hmm. like New York. A lot of people in New York mm-hmm. that you meet, they're not from New York mm-hmm. anymore. But those that you meet. There, there are qualities that are priceless within them. There yeah. is a fight about them. There is a pride that is like no other. There is, and it's 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 like a homegrown um, love. You yeah. know what I mean? And it comes from um, like schools with black teachers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's not really that big a thing where I, I in come Illinois. from in Illinois. I yeah. had I had to be two black teachers uh, K through. Uh, 12. Really? You know what I mean? I, and absolutely not any black men teachers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But 
I remember dropping my son off at school and he's walking into the school his first day and it's a line of black male teachers outside of his school all to high five the kids on the way making sure they open the doors for for our kids to before they go into the school saying hey how you doing today because it you'd be surprised how many kids like go unnoticed or unseen Mm -hmm. um my my education experience was totally different from that you know what i mean i had teachers who told me um well, you're black and a female, so you probably want to achieve that. Or, you know what I mean? Oh I got kicked God. out of school out of a classroom for asking if the first man on earth was black. It's just different mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, and that is why I came. Like, it was so important for me, for my children to be in an environment where they saw different levels of blackness. Yeah. They saw mm-hmm. affluent. They see, you know what I mean, the struggle. They see it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I love that about this city. Yeah. I haven't been like the tourist. I didn't go the touristy route. Mm-hmm. I still haven't been to the Ferris wheel. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's stuff that I still have I can't seen. even do that now because everything's like mm-hmm. shut down. It's stuff I still have I can't mm-hmm. wait to see it. But I've been to Cascade though. Oh how about uh what was the difference for you in black culture versus uh in Texas versus ATL? Um so in Texas it's very spread out, you know, it kinda takes time to find a black person. Oh wow. Um and if you do, it's kinda like it's two ways. They're either up or they're down. Yeah. And um, you know, it's either the ghetto, the hood, or you got the suburbs. Yeah. Um, and then coming to Atlanta, it's kind of like you got a mix, you know, it's like Hollywood, you got the, uh, I'm gonna be a star one day, Yeah. kind of vibe, a lot of that, Yeah. and then you have the, um, you do have the suburbs, but they're not, it's not as, it was, it, the suburbs in Atlanta is different from like the suburbs in Texas, Yeah. from what I noticed, so... Mm-hmm. It still it doesn't even really feel like a suburb. It just yeah. feels like still Atlanta to me. Yeah. I, I have no idea. It's just I guess it's just because the culture is so rich. Yeah, like, yes. I've never been around so many black people. Like it's crazy. Yeah, but it, 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 it honestly that's what I wanted. Yeah, because, um, which is weird. Uh, I I guess I'll just dive into it um, because like growing up uh, when I went to like a public school. We were, like, in the middle of, like, I guess, like, if you turn this way, yeah, we in the hood, we trapping. Yeah. And if you turn this way, you're in the suburbs. Yeah. So, we were, like, right dab in the middle. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the public schools that we went to, it was, like, predominantly um, minorities of black and Hispanics. Yeah. So, I was really close with Hispanics. Yeah. Like, my best friend was Hispanic. Yeah. And, um, but at the school, like... I have no idea. Well, actually, now I know. But back then, I, it was frustrating to understand. But um, me and Black people, we didn't get along. Yeah. I wanted to get along with them. Like, you don't understand. Yeah. I wanted to be their friends so much because yeah. I was like, we look alike. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is cool. We're family. But, whoa, it was not retrieved the same way. Yeah. Like, it was not received that way at all. Yeah. Like, really um, they looked at me like you're weird you're interesting <laughs> why do yeah. you talk like that right yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, you like different right. things you don't want you with the crew or like african booty scratcher you know your name's interesting and it was just like basically the bullying became yeah. too much to where 
when I was getting a little bit older, I wanted to separate myself from them. Yeah. And so I had that divide of, I don't want to be around black people because the way that I was treated Mm. growing up when I put myself you know, forward to want to be close with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm fast- guessing that changed when you came here. It did. But what's crazy is it happened again. And I was so confused. And I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I was like, I came to Atlanta for the purpose of, I, I like, I'm trying again. Like, you know, it's okay if that was my past. You know, I was growing out of it. And I was like, you know, it's, it's time to heal from that. Everybody's different. If we're older now, people are probably understanding a little bit more about the roots. It's okay. I'm understanding why it happened. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it, it created, you know, more compassion towards the situation to where gotcha. when I got into corporate, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to dive right into it. And I'm going to hang out with all the African-Americans. We're cool. Blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's some folks did not receive it that way mm-hmm. it, and it happened again and I was just so disappointed J-Rose like, <laughs> I was so disappointed because I was just like I don't want to go back into that space where I'm separating myself from them from your again. own culture yeah and so I was like I'm not gonna do that I'm like I, I really need to think about this and just really like be understanding about the situation that there are a few that still don't understand like the roots mm-hmm. of where they came came from. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, all right, you know, let that go. Uh, so going forward, I, I would love for us to, you know, Nigerians, Africans, come back with the African-Americans, um, Black people as a whole. Yeah. I feel like, yes, granted, we are different culturally. Yeah, yeah. But that's only because we were separated for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it's like I'm you too, you know. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy because it's like you're trying to find that part of me that my parents are from, and I'm trying to find that part of you that you, you know, that yeah, your parents yeah. are from. So it's like, why can't we just come together and share? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm just at with Atlanta, and that's that's why I like it because I feel like I could at least offer something and receive something and yeah. we can kind of come together. I love it. I love Atlanta. I want to move down here. But we're not going to keep talking about that. It's time for Off the Top, our random game. We're going to pick a card and we're going to play it. We can either create something together or we can just play a game. But this is it. Mother, will you do the honors of picking a card? Let's go with this one. What you got there? Ooh. Two truths, one lie. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I like this. All right, so we're going to be right back so we can get started on our two truths, one lie game. Whether it's tax season, the holidays, or whatever falls in between, you want to make sure that you're being smart with your money. So go visit my girl, Queen Candace at the Queen Blueprint to learn how to gain your financial freedom. You could get a personalized debt payoff plan, a full financial overview, and learn to repair your relationship with money. Smarter Money Moves are waiting for you at www.thequeenblueprint.com or call 877-387-BLUE. Use code JROSE20 for 20% off of all our financial services. All right, we're back with our truths and our lies. Are you ready, ladies? I think so. Okay, (laughs) Chi-Chi, what you got for us? All right, so two truths and one lie. I'm going to just go ahead and list everything out. Uh, I had a girlfriend of two years. 
I went to an alternative school for fighting, and I am a virgin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't believe the second one. I went to an alternative school for fighting. Mm-hmm. That's actually true. What? <laughs> I don't believe the last one. I am a virgin. That's actually true. What? Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. Wow. So yeah. you didn't have a girlfriend for two years. It was four years. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the lies are in the details. <laughs> I'm shocked. (laughs) Damn, that was good. That was good. All right, mother, what you got? Okay, so the first one is I had my first child at 19 years old. Mm. The second, I served as Miss University of Arkansas. Mm. Right. The third, this one's deep. I was attacked by neo-Nazis at age 12 and learned that my grandmother was white. <laughs> That's hella specific. So I want to believe that. I don't believe the Arkansas thing. Okay. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was true. That's how yeah. I was trying to think of the other one yeah. that could be a Absolutely, lie. Absolutely, Miss University Damn. of Arkansas. Um, that Nazi one sounds very interesting, but I feel like a part of it is probably true. So I'm going to say that you didn't have your first child in 19. I didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was 23. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Look at this Nazi though. What? Wow. But the craziest part is I didn't know my grandmother was a white woman. What? Wow. I did not know. Like she was just like my grandmother, my great grandmother, my aunts are all white women. And I did not know wow. that they Yo. were white until that happened. And then I was mind like, blown. You're one of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so I went three months without talking to my grandmother. She didn't notice it. Thank God. Like, that she's amazing. Crazy. She didn't even care. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. happened. Oh damn, my mine are like whack. Oh, they got some good ones. Like that's just mine are whack. Okay, here's my three, my corny ass three ones. <laughs> Let's hear them. I'm obsessed with horror movies. I went skydiving for my 30th birthday and I smoked weed on the Coney Island Ferris wheel. Okay, the smoking weed is true. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I absolutely think. Yeah, I feel like that was true. She Why smoked not? on Coney Island. Um, she did. <laughs> I think the skydiving is the, the false one. <laughs> what do you think? Uh... I feel like the skydiving is true. Yeah. You went skydiving at 30. Uh, it's probably the first one that you Obsessed mentioned. with horror movies? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think... I, I don't know you that much. But from what I do know, <laughs> I feel like probably not. You were right. <laughs> oh, snap. You love horror you, movies? You, I love horror movies. Oh, have you ever jumped out of a... I will never okay. in my fucking life go Jump skydiving. Really? Never. I'm terrified of heights. Like, no. No. Wow, so you don't like heights. No. Okay. You couldn't pay me to jump off of a plane. Oh, shit. Now I know. No. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm mad. She's like, I know she smoked weed, though. That one's true. Oh, my 
got okay. I got one last question that I ask every okay. guest that comes okay. on the show. So I have this belief that creative people are superhumans. I feel like we are like superheroes. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what's your superpower. I'm a conductor of energy. Ooh. Mm. Quick with the response. Yeah. I'm learning myself. Mm. I am. I'm a conductor of energy. Mm. So uh, I have to be mindful of it because Ooh. other people's energy I can transfer. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm learning how to take the nasty stuff. Give it right back. Send it right back. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I love that. Mm. How about yours? Uh, <laughs> kind of along the lines of that, but more so of creating creating um, yeah so i noticed that <clears throat> everything i touch turns into greatness oh shit and, uh, it's, yes. yeah it's kind of scary <laughs> she's like it's kind of scary um <laughs> and now you pass it on to me <laughs> yeah it's, it's sort of scary which is why you know sometimes i kind of like stay in my bubble because you know a lot of times if you're like that you're sensitive yeah so i'm very sensitive uh, but this is about my my art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So if I if I touch you, love it. Like the mightiest touch. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming and check check uh kicking it with me. I'm so honored to have you both here. Um, Mup, can you guys please tell the audience where they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me all over social media under Mother the Creator, M-U-V-A, mm-hmm. the like good English, creator like God. I will never ask anybody to call me God. I just ask that y'all respect the creator in me. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you can follow me at Chichi I Worry on IG. Uh, you can follow uh, the platform, which is at Poetic Vibes ATL. Yeah. Um, just you know, the social media, the Instagram. We're also on Facebook uh, and also on YouTube. So you have everything you need. There you have it. Please follow these amazing women. They are phenomenal. They're doing amazing things for the creative community. It's not just for themselves. They're here for us. So please make sure you connect with them. And of course, follow us at JRose Experience on IG. You can find us on the Rose Garden Events Facebook and YouTube page to watch all our episodes. And of course, you can follow me at My Crumble Thoughts. So they're right there. You already know. Um, but thank you so much, ladies. Thanks. And like I always say, guys, keep growing. Peace.